Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We move into the final hour of trading on this Tuesday, August 29th. U.S. equities higher across the board. And this update is brought to you by Red Hat whose broad portfolio of open technologies helps you upgrade the IT you have and prepare for the future you want. Red Hat, tame today, frame tomorrow. Learn more at redhat.com slash portfolio. U.S. stocks have rebounded from losses sparked by North Korea's firing of a missile over Japan yesterday. The S&P 500 index up now by two points, up one-tenth of one percent, 24.46. Dow Industrials up 43, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 22, a gain of four-tenths of one percent. As floods inundate Houston with more than a foot of rain likely still to come through Friday. Predictions of damage range as high as $100 billion. Now, what about the insurance companies and their exposure? Randy Binner is an insurance analyst at FBR Capital Markets, and we asked him which insurance companies have the most exposure. So your bigger commercial writers are going to be, you know, travelers in Hartford for more kind of medium-sized businesses. And then um, for, for larger risks, you're going to talk about AIG and Excel and some of the big European companies. From a win perspective, there's going to be very little uh, impact. There could be some business interruption claims around the energy infrastructure around Houston, but it's too early to tell how that's going to, going to play out. If they can get these refineries and other storage facilities, certainly the oil platforms back online in a week or two, I don't think you're going to see a big commercial hit. Mumbai's heaviest rainfall since 2005 has paralyzed the metropolis as transport grinds to a halt and trading in bond and stock markets was affected. Best Buy suffering its worst stock decline in more than a year after CEO Uber Jali warned that recent sales gains probably are not sustainable, renewing concerns that Amazon will threaten its business. Best Buy shares, they're down now by 11.9%. Tenure up 6.30 seconds, yield 2.13%. Gold down 3.40 the ounce, down 3 tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude down 2 tenths of 1%. Gasoline up 4.5%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet, right here on Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, we want to talk a little bit about a relationship in the financial markets. It brings us to the chart of the day. And uh, Bloomberg Stocks comes Dave Wilson, a little Tom Petty for everybody. And it brings us to a breakdown, absolutely. What we're talking about is the relationship between the shares of real estate investment trusts and Treasury yields. If you were to look over the last five years, 2012 to 2016, you'd see that there was a pretty close relationship between the two. And it's something that Doug Ramsey over at the Luthold Group, he's their chief investment officer, drew out the other day in a report. And he was looking at the uh, FTSE Narit uh, equity read index, an industry gauge, in other words. And this year, you really have seen the two-part company. So, you know, you've had bond prices move up, which means the yields have been coming down, and you figure that that would be good for the REIT stocks. Because let's face it, they're the kinds of shares you buy if you're looking for dividends, and they provide an alternative for a lot of investors, at least, to uh, to bonds. So if bond yields are coming down, then those payouts on the REIT shares become more attractive. Well, it has not panned out that way at all. 
we've we've seen that uh, FTSE and REIT index fall as much as eight and a half percent in relative terms. So by comparison with the S and P five hundred, so the relationships breaking down. And it's interesting. Uh, a listener actually emailed yours truly and Doug Ramsey to say, "Wait a minute." What the heck is going on here? Isn't it all about shopping centers and the way that Amazon.com is doing a number on all kinds of retailers? Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's true to a point, as it turns out, because Ramsey actually responded with a, 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 an adjusted chart. And it basically showed that if you back out the shopping centers and the malls, that you know, the, the REITs are still not moving in line with what's going on in the Treasury market. They're basically more little changed for the year. So... You know, it's an interesting sort so of a cor- shift. A correlation that we have, we're seeing and it's not happening right now. That's right. It's breaking down, hence yeah. the Tom Petty reference. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. All right. Let's bring in another member of the Bloomberg team, senior U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, Yelena Shaletova, uh, with us. Uh, Yelena, we did get some economic data on home prices today, also consumer confidence. Um, Keeps going up I, no matter I, what. I was kind of shocked when I so, read it. I was thinking – so give us, first of all, the time frame from which this consumer sure. – uh, conference board consumer confidence data came out. So to give us an idea of what was so going on. So the cutoff for this survey was in the middle of the month. So middle of August. Middle of August. So before Hurricane Harvey hit uh, Texas, actually. So after Charlottesville. Uh, but after Charlottesville. Okay. So it's really surprising that we don't see any impact on that. So it seems like consumer confidence has been immune to any political climate and uh, news like that, unfortunate news like that. Uh, but it will definitely uh, react to the news on hurricane uh, as it did in the past. So if you look back at the history, you see that confidence dropped like 20 uh, index points back uh, when Katrina happened, like the next wow. month, though. Yeah. And uh, it also fell like 15 points after Sandy. So uh, if you like just draw a comparison, you might see quite a substantial decline in consumer confidence this time around. But it will be reflected in uh, September uh, numbers. But it's interesting with all of the uh, wrangling out of news, out of Washington, the tensions – that hasn't seemed to chip away at uh, consumer confidence. I mean, not even like any debt ceiling discussions. In the past, back in 2011, you saw like a big uh, impact of uh, such uh, conversations and all these uh, mm-hmm. discussions and what, whatever, uh, whatever else. But you don't really see anything like that uh, right now. So is it like consumers are getting more... Like, okay, this is happening again and, uh. Or maybe they're just taking a look at their biggest asset for most Americans and that is their home because we did see S&P CoreLogic, Case Shiller, home price data come out and steady growth in home prices in 20 cities. That's in the month of June. So it's a little bit of an old data. But for most Americans, when they think about their wealth, it's tied into their home. And absolutely. And, uh, it is actually pushing uh, home uh, equity extraction higher. So what's mm. interesting is that home prices are weighing on home sales, and you you could see that in the latest existing home sales numbers, they fell. But uh, at the same time, 
you see a pickup in so-called cash-out refinances. Mm -hmm. So that is when you borrow a little bit more to spend on renovations and furniture and appliances. And that is supporting consumer uh, consumer spending. Um, And uh, that's a positive thing for the economy. Right. And it will remain potentially positive for some time unless those home values start to go down and those people have racked up some debt. Unless we see some, like, massive home building, uh, you know, activity, it's not going to happen in the uh, in the near term. Dave, uh, any of the economic news today playing out in the markets? Well, I mean, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of reaction. I was just checking out the home builders because if you look at the uh, broadest S&P home building index, you see it peaked a couple of weeks ago at its highest level since 2007, and that was when – you know, the uh, housing market was kind of unraveling, but in the last two weeks, it's kind of come off. And, you know, the idea of uh, consumers perhaps becoming less confident, at the very least, you know, sort of raises the question of whether they're going to be willing to step up and buy homes as they have. So, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes an issue for the builders down the line. We'll get a better handle on all this, of course, as the weeks and months unfold. Nonetheless, it is something that bears watching. Yelena, just quickly, uh, economic reports tomorrow that we need to watch out for very quickly. Please. So, uh, yeah, ADP and GDP, both are very important. ADP is kind of a um, preview of uh, payrolls on Friday. And uh, GDP, this is uh, just, uh, you know, uh, a second estimate, right. but it could be uh, a li- very interesting. ADP and GDP. I like that uh, symmetry. Yelena Shaletova, our senior U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, along with our Dave Wilson, stocks editor at Bloomberg News. Check on your latest World of National News headlines. Let's get to uh, Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nathan. Carol, the recovery will take years. That's what leaders are saying now as Tropical Storm Harvey continues to dump incredible amounts of rain on Texas and Louisiana. President Trump is promising as much help as the region needs. We love you. You are special. We're here to take care. It's going well. And I want to thank you for coming out. We're going to get you back and operating immediately. The president spoke to a crowd that gathered outside a firehouse in Corpus Christi where he got an update on his administration's response. The NAACP says it's going to monitor the response in Houston and elsewhere to make sure minority neighborhoods get what they need. A federal court has overturned the U.S. government's attempt to create more efficient flight routes around Phoenix. Bloomberg's Greg Jarrett tells me this could lead to a stumbling block for overhauling flight routes across the country. Greg? Nathan, a three-judge panel concluded today that the Federal Aviation Administration's attempt to create new flight paths at Sky Harbor International Airport in Phoenix in 2014 were arbitrary and capricious. They ordered the agency to restart the process of designing routes. The court objected to the process FAA used to decide on the flight paths. Efforts to redraw flight routes are underway at most large metro airports across the country, but they face objections by local residents from Seattle to Washington, D.C., who've protested aircraft suddenly flying overhead at regular intervals. Nathan? All right. Thanks for that, Greg. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In Washington, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.